and welcome to season two, a very, very special week of little mini episodes in the run-up to International Women's Day, which is next Monday, the 8th of March. I've said it every episode and I feel like I'm going to say it again. Um, I, I don't dislike men. just want to put it out there because I feel like if I don't say it, somebody somewhere is going to go... Why do you? Why have you done so much for International Women's Day? Apart from the fact I am a woman, of course, um, and therefore I feel significantly passionate about it. Um, but we've got a series of episodes coming every single day this week. I'm not on my own today because for obvious reasons, because I want to talk to other women who inspire me, who help me to be the best version of me that I can be, um, and who actually challenge my thinking and just lift me up and support me. Today, I have got the amazing and the very wonderful and very, very brutally honest Leanne Buckingham with me. Hi, Leanne, you all right? Hello there, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. So, just to give you guys some background... um, Leanne and I have known each other um, for quite a little while and the, how we know each other is we've worked alongside each other um, for quite a long time actually with the work that I do with the Northamptonshire Emergency Service Cadets um, and Leanne you and I sort of first connected through a, a, a very shared and equal passion for making sure young people have an authentic voice um, and we gave them leadership opportunities. Have I got that right? Would you say that's fair? Yeah, totally. Uh, we brought you in to kind of develop our, our young leaders, didn't we? And and that's sort of how we've known each other. And then sort of since then, uh, you know, Leanne, you've been a huge support, not just from, you know, supporting the, the business and the work that um, I do, but actually from me launching this podcast to all sorts of weird and wonderful things from the runs and everything else um, in between. And you are as you know the part of this podcast is raw reality and I, and I mean this in the nicest possible way but I think you're the essence of raw reality oh, I'll take that as a beautiful compliment thanks it is it is a beautiful compliment so um Leanne International Women's Day what on earth does it mean anything to you uh, I think we probably don't uh, celebrate the international part enough the Women's Day is, is great and it is really good to keep a focus on um, development, developing but also um, kind of like highlighting the great work that's done by women but I don't think we do enough for the international part. I think we're still very into that in, you know, in my world it's very much, you know, women, women, women but is it women of colour? Is it women who've had um, adversity in other countries and then come here? Are we celebrating those sorts of things? Because we really should be. I think you make a really good point. And actually, so far, we've, if I'm being really honest, it's, it's got me thinking, we've not talked about the international bit yet in, in the way that we should be when we're talking about the fact it's International Women's Day. Do you, yeah. come, do you come across a lot of sort of women in, from different walks of life, from the, the international spectrum that you feel don't get the kudos and the, the, the sort of the platform that they should be? Yeah, massively. I think um, definitely looking at, at refugees when we... Uh, I did a talk with the University of London in Liverpool and they were looking at how, you know, refugees come and they've got an absolute 
determination, strength that you wouldn't predominantly find in people who haven't experienced those struggles. And if we could celebrate that and their um, kind of duality in terms of where they're growing up and the opportunities they'll now have against the um, kind of struggles that they've overcome, then actually we've got even more strength in the community that we should be celebrating. Do, do, do you think that there's still a long way to go with changing the taboo that still exists around women from different backgrounds, countries, ethnicities, all sorts of those things? Because I know that a lot of people think that actually, oh, you know, we've come a long way as a society. And I know that I still think we've got a long way to go. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think we've got a long way to go, but I also have to be aware that I I can see from the outside, but actually I've got to ask those women how they want to be supported, to celebrate and be empowered. I think um, I think women are not used enough in, in, in solutions within society because I think, you know, that old age saying that children are brought up by the community. Yeah. I, I don't think that happens as much anymore. And where it does and you've got your pockets of community, I think some look in on those as um, kind of the unknown and into it when actually it's really supportive, loving environment. And I think as well, you know, a lot of the time, I know that I was saying this to, I was talking to two of my friends yesterday um, and their episode's sort of going out tonight and we were talking about how you know, there's still that notion in the media where, you know, that we talk a lot about women supporting other women, like it's something that we don't do. And then the assumption behind it that actually women just hate on each other and therefore how the media can sometimes sort of instill that mindset into people. Um, and then therefore it really alters the way we think about things. And yeah. I think also the fact that, you know, I, I keep saying it, I've said it every episode, I keep feeling like I need to justify why I'm doing this week long of episodes um, and justifying sort of the existence. Um, and, you know, I joke about the fact that, for example, you know, I say when people sort of say to me, oh, you know, they think it's a compliment when they say, oh, Incio, I don't see your colour or I don't see the fact that you're different. I don't, you know, and actually, whilst I think they mean that in the best possible way, I find that really offensive. Um, And I think you're right that, you know, how often is it that we will ask other people, and I suppose this goes beyond women, men and women, about what do they want? You know, what is it that they want? What do they feel is necessary as opposed to making those assumptions? Mm. Yeah, I think I've got a couple of points that came to my head when you were saying that. I think we're not even fully comfortable about talking woman, are we? No. As opposed to talking black, Indian, Asian, you know, it's, I, th- I think the community is really confused as to how they engage with people's cultural differences, the, you know, ethnicity. I think people are really, I don't think they know how to talk about it. They don't know how to talk about feminine, masculine yet. No. Uh, I think it's coming, but it, it needs it needs more, and it needs more of not, you know, your standard Caucasian that keeps saying it, and stop saying it like a tick box. Yes. Like, say it authentically, like, yes. actually mean it. 
absolutely you're so right and it's that whole tick box thing of no let's stop trying to it's not a tick box exercise is it um leanne you're you're a wonderful woman in your own right um you work you're a mom you're a friend you know you wear lots and lots of different hats um and i'm sure those hats quite often get blurred because you're trying to do a million different things at the same time essentially what would you say is your biggest challenge that you faced as a woman for you i think it's being underestimated and overspoken i think in terms of um i mean early days career and in my family i I grew up as one of three women in a household so i was always surrounded by women and then I've always had these wonderful matriarchal um, characters around me Um, I think as a woman I really struggle because I'm quite articulate and I'm quite outgoing and I'm quite outspoken and I'm, I'm really happy to challenge I really struggle watching other women be spoken down to in meetings uh, overlooked overpowered quite often I really, I think I'm struggling with um, the kind of hierarchical, the, you know, the man at the top has power and it, not all, all of the time, but it is all about power and bowing to the next level of the hierarchy when I'm all about the circles, you know, I'm learning about women's circles and I just think it's a nicer, more considerate way of getting work actually done as opposed to through fear and do you feel that in in the sort of the, the, the areas of work that you've done is it something that you've been able to challenge or has that been difficult for you to do uh, there have been some great times where i felt able to challenge it um okay. specifically making tea right yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be careful with the words i use um they're outside of the uh, chief executive's office and there is a, a small table of women that, you know, that the, uh, rummage in through 100 emails a day sending out letters whilst everyone else is predominantly having meetings about meetings. Uh, and this chief exec comes flying out the door and goes, oh, can you just make a cup of tea? And this poor woman was... You know, she was the eye candy of mm-hmm. the office. I mean, she was very beautiful, very, very beautiful, inside and out. But the the gentleman did kind of parade her around. And she was always being, you know, can you just make a tea for us all? Can you get us all a tray of water? Not at all in her remit for uh, making refreshments at all. She was um, a finance assistant. Right. And when they came out and asked her to make tea, I went, no, 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 it's fine, I'll do it. I've also got... and. Um, I used the word for a lady part. <laughs> Just to highlight that the reason you're asking her to make tea is because she's a woman, not because anything about her is an assistant to you. And and that in itself, you know, it's, it's unbelievable that that was something that you witnessed, that you heard right there in front of you. How, how was that challenge received? Um, he was embarrassed. Okay. Go on to a larger conversation. Obviously, that chief exec went back into his office and had his meeting. I thankfully didn't get reprimanded, but it did spark a conversation in the office about who does what um, and who's meant to. So 
there was a bit of a rotor about who, who was the office, potentially, because it had confidential. And predominantly, it was only shared by women. Wow. Um, do you feel... I mean, go on, sorry, you continue. Just in terms of it being 20, 2018, 2017, and you just think, we are so far away from that. However, it's got to be said, how were these roles put upon us? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Where, like, where does that come? It's a bit like, you know, I, I was reading a post on um, Facebook about how, you know, people praising um, some men who had decided to um, be house husbands. Um, and I'm reading this article and, you know, yeah, it's a lovely article, what have you. And then I thought, hold on, why is it that suddenly that in itself is, you know, being praised and, you know, or sometimes being ridiculed as well? Because how how dare a, a man, you know, decide to look after the, the household and the children or whatever else that goes with it? And I thought, hold on a second, why is it that that's still a thing? Why is it that that's even article worthy? essentially um and yeah that baffled me well i've done both the and, and i use the inverted commas on both i've done both the mum and the dad role yeah. so i i kind of do have a lot of newfound respect for the the the, the second parent the dad role yeah. um it is a challenge both sides of the coin is a challenge so you've got your own children is that right mm-hmm. So I had two two children I gave birth to with a boy. Yeah. And then we, it's called a special guardianship order, but for all intents and purposes, it's adopted with my wife. Okay. Do you find that, so you've got, you've got both in terms of your children, you've got a boy and a girl, essentially. Yeah. Um, what's, do you feel mindful of the conversations that you have with them? Yeah, totally. So, um, so they're, they're 11 and 10. And some might think, you know, some of the conversations I've had with them are too early, but realistically, when they're ready to ask the question, I feel it's the right time to start answering. Absolutely. Um, so we've done the uncomfortable thing where we've gone to the toilet and obviously on my own, I've taken boy and girl, they were like six. And they're like, what's in this? Oh, you know, the, the yeah. uh, sales machine in the toilet. Oh, that's a tampon, darling. What's yeah. that for? Oh, you're never going to have my period. Yeah, fine. What's a condom? Yeah. Ah, okay. That's slightly more challenging. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> something that we use when we're adults, but you don't really need to know that yet. Obviously, now we, we've done that kind of conversation. Um, but I am very concerned that I need to be balanced in how I describe the relationships to them in terms of the roles of male and female or... Um, Definitely with, with bodies, I think it's, it's so, one of my children is developing bugs. Yeah. Um, and she's very excited about it and we're totally celebrating it. If COVID hadn't hit, we'd have had a, uh, a breast party. Yeah. About celebrating it. She wants to, people to love her body as much as she does and that's great and I'm teaching her that she should love it and how you know, she should be proud of it and also how she should protect it, which is so sad that I have to have teach that, her because yeah. 
You don't want everyone to love her body, especially at 10 years old. Absolutely. And it, and it is, though, it's that real... And I think this is why it really bothers me that so often people are criticised because it's almost that sometimes that thing of you're doomed if you do and you're doomed if you don't. And actually, you know, some people would probably think, you know, teaching, you know, a, a, a girl of 10 years old to celebrate her body, you know, you shouldn't be doing that because she needs to look after herself. But actually, there is that fine line where you can do both, can't you? Where absolutely. You, you can, you, absolutely, we should be teaching our daughters, our, you know, nieces whoever to respect and love their bodies because we see the challenges that lots and lots of young people face with um sort of how they feel about the way that they look or how they feel that they should be looking so I remember on various occasions being told I'm not a real woman because I'm petite and don't have curves um and that's my that's that's my own battle that I still work through all the time as I look in the mirror and think oh god do do I look do I look womanly enough because I'm not you know six foot two and have loads of curves and it's those sorts of things isn't it to go actually we should be teaching our children you know the young people to love and adore their body but also that fine line of going respect it as well and what that boundary is and if we don't have those conversations when do they learn do we wait till it becomes a challenge and then we go right how do we tackle it how do we face this head on Um, and that must be so difficult for you as a parent to find that balance and that boundary Mm. yeah it's definitely about um, for me loving your body and understanding that it's yours and you can do with it as you feel feel is right and that some people who will probably love you you have to make that choice it's your body to use obviously I have a, a slightly older son and there's been some language in his cohort of boys about um, maybe some, some derogatory terms of women who have lots of boyfriends yeah. um, and that, that was a fun challenge because actually why shouldn't she you know if if you're both consenting and you want to enjoy each other what's wrong with that absolutely and, and and it's the stigma that's attached to it, though, isn't it? Um, and, you know, in the same... I know that you and I could talk ages about the stigma attached to what people decide to wear and, you know, or not wear and the justifications that they make for that and all the rest of it. Um, and I know that men face that too. You know, I remember for International Men's Day and me talking um, to my guest James about the challenges that they face with that sort of the notion of manning up. Um, and I've heard the one... I've heard the whole notion of woman up as well, like that's meant to make it better. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that still needs to be done. You mentioned, for example, when you and your wife, um, you know, essentially adopted um, sort of a child together. Did you face challenges from people around that as as two women deciding to, to bring up a child um, in this world? Did you have challenges that you had to overcome with that as well? Or were generally people fairly accepting? I think, yeah, I think because we were two women, it was easier. I think if, it, if we were two men, it would have been far more challenging. So, uh, yeah. Um, actually, I've been really lucky in my um, journey in same-sex relationships. Actually, I've, I've, I thankfully haven't come across a great deal of issue. And actually, fingers crossed, apart from a very small amount of um, 
words from from kids there hasn't really been issues for the children yet okay um is that i don't know if that's because we are so open about it and happy to have conversations i've spoken to the kids older friends and they've asked questions and it's it's all been really normal and natural actually do you do you worry about that as they get older with them um, yeah at the point where i wanted to come out i think the big ones were like two and one and one of the great ladies in my world from from Penguin nursery we were doing those um tick box exercises you know how you have to register for nursery yeah. and it was the first time i'd been presented with the um the, the demographic box and all of a sudden i was looking at the lesbian part and going oh do i don't i they've always seen this you know this single parent who's separated from the man yeah. how do i now transition into the lesbian who now wants to be yeah. kind of out there and I, I looked up in my confident way and I went why do we even have to tick these boxes and, and Tracy who's the deputy head at the time said absolutely I've known some amazing parents and it doesn't matter who or what you are if you love your child and give them what they need really doesn't matter and that was the first time I ticked the lesbian box and, and since then I've not really looked back did it feel like a big moment for you? Because you talk about it and you can hear in your voice that that felt like a real significant moment for you. Yeah, because it's that moment where you are intentionally declaring, I think. Uh, and that, that was the big part. I tried to come out when I was 14. So to, to actually only do it when I was 25, yeah. that, that's a long, long Absolutely. And would, are you quite open about it now? Because... I think that's one of the things that I, I know that lots of people will, and, and you know, lots of people have their own battles, don't they, with identity and, you know, how the world sees them. And a lot of the time it's not so much about what they think of themselves. It's that constant worry about what will other people think of me. Totally. Yeah, I'm very confident in my sexuality. I genuinely don't think we need to have uh, a label, so to say. Yeah. I just think... I have a, an enormous preference for women. Um, that's not to say if Carl Drogo came along, I would absolutely <laughs> um, throw down the gauntlet for him. However, I just think it's all about love and connection, isn't it? Absolutely. And that really doesn't matter who or where. I, I definitely don't feel the need to, in the early days of being lesbian, you're kind of really trying to wear a bandana with everything, saying, oh, just so you know, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. Whereas <laughs> I don't feel the need to do that anymore. I think it's quite obvious to those that are looking. And those that are not, yeah. it really doesn't matter. And, and, and that's the thing, though, isn't it? And I think, I, and, and this is why I, I, I wanted you on, because you are so honest and I love that about you um, and, I, and I can just hear people I know who listen to this podcast laughing along with you as you said that because it is isn't it it's that notion of going right I need to make my statements and then actually get into that point where you go oh whatever it doesn't matter you know yeah. take it leave it don't whatever you figure out along the way that's up that's up to you um, because you've come to to, to to peace with it or whatever word you want to use to go this is who I am um, and do you what frustrates you more Leanne people making assumptions or would you rather people ask you questions I struggle with assumptions I think it's really lazy yeah. um, and I think that's how we've gotten into kind of the state we're in because there's like the status quo these 
very clear rules on how life should be and, and they're set actually they really need to challenge themselves because there's so many sad people who are stuck within those very square boundaries unable to feel talk understand you know explore and that's really sad so yeah i'm i'm a big advocate for if you want to know something or if you think it's a challenge then let's have a talk and ask me the questions talk to me about it and let's have a conversation definitely and and i know that you feel as passionately to sort of support young people to do the same to have their voice use their voice and not be afraid to ask questions and to talk and to challenge and I know that's that's something we have a really shared value in is let's support our young people to not be afraid to do that to not be afraid to find out who they are what they are what other people are um because it's okay to do that it's okay to not know it's okay to know and it's okay to change your mind in between as well all of that is okay absolutely Um, absolutely i think it's crucial that they get the opportunity to learn that what they're presented with or what their perception gives them isn't set in stone so just challenge that Leanne, I can't have you. I can't. I can't have you on and not ask you the question I'm about to ask you, for, especially in the run-up to International Women's Day. But I also cannot wait till we get through these next few months of this road mapping of COVID to be able to get you on the sofa to have a proper face to face. There's so much as we've been talking. I think. Oh, I want to ask her more about this. I cannot wait to get you on for a full episode. But thinking about International Women's Day, and I know that there is, if I gave you the opportunity and we had the time, there'll be a list of women who you'd be able to to say that inspire you um, and who have helped you to be the best version of you that you can be. But if I was to say to you, if you were to send this episode to one woman in your life and you were to tell them exactly what they mean to you what difference they've made to you who would that be and why it's a tough question isn't it you know i heard you ask this today and i went oh god if you asked me that who the hell would i be (laughs) and you know hundreds of women flashed through my head and i was like oh yeah god I know it's an impossible question, but I'm, I'm going to push you. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, so in terms of, oh, that's so hard. I could, I could do five and I still wouldn't have enough. Um, um, I, obviously, you, you take something from your mother, don't you? Of course My you mother do. definitely was. Um, alone in the world completely she had two daughters and you know even her family was over in Australia she was completely alone so when I think of how I am in COVID being a parent and actually I've got friends I can call I've got colleagues I can call you know this 30 years ago literally my mum had no one she was mum dad working at home volunteering getting a degree like she epitomized the feminine just going out and getting what she needed for her, yeah. her, her, her lot. Um, probably the thing I'd want to say to her is 
give me all the stories. I think I've only ever scratched the surface with my own mother of her life and where she's been and what she's done and why she's done it and all of those sorts of things. So I think I think probably, yeah, mum has to be my inspiration for just being that complete boss yeah. at everything. And, and, and I love the fact that even though you've got your own family now and, you know, the, the generations continue, that as an adult in your own right, you're going, Mom, tell me more of the stories. Tell me what went on, you know, give me more about your life and what happened to you. So are you going for Mom? I'm going for Mom. I mean, there's hundreds I can speak about, hundreds. I, I, hundreds of influential women. And the thing is, though, that out of all the all the amazing women that I've got lined up that I'm I've spoken to and I and I want to speak to, I knew that out of all of them, and not that the other women wouldn't find it hard, but I knew that you would, based on I know where your passion lies in sort of the support and how much you advocate women from all backgrounds, all walks of life to be the best version of themselves that they can be in whatever form that looks like. So I knew that for you, this would feel like an absolute impossible question to answer um, because for, for that very reason. Um, I've got one last question for you because I obviously lied when I said that was the last question because I actually have loads, but I want to ask you another one. If I was to say to you, what would you say is the thing that you are most proud of, of yourself, as you in your own entity, not because of anybody else, just you in your own entity, what would you say? I think, the first word that came in is my resilience, but it's not resilience, it's being able to feel the low and then rebuild. There's been often, I definitely have already lived quite a cyclical life in terms of the up, the down, the up, the down. And actually, it's just like when I said the up, the down, my head made a kind of motion of drawing <laughs> a wobbly line. But actually, what it totally is, is that circular of amazing highs feeling great and actually everything's just kind of going a bit wrong and I'm a bit lost and then at that moment I'm like okay let's look at that let's go through what all of the problems are and then let's start rebuilding so I think that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. I, I wanted to ask you that because one of the things that I've got to know about you in, 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 you know, we've done a lot of work together. And the one thing I've realised about you that you're brilliant at doing is building other people up um, and recognising their strengths, recognising their the things that they've overcome. And um, with all due respect, you're terrible at doing it for yourself. And, you know, it's, it's that classic thing, isn't it? When you say to somebody, oh, you look lovely today. And they'll go, oh, this, oh, I got this in the Primark sale. Oh, I've had it for ages. Or, you know, we, we, that, that classic thing. And actually, you know, you're so good at bringing other people up. And, you know, like some of the things that you shared about how passionately you feel about other women in your life and the things that you want to do to still change the, the, the taboos and the conversations and in society is recognising that actually you are a big part of that 
ever-growing conversation of actual change um, and the very definition of you put your money where your mouth is um, and you won't sit back in silence you will challenge you do I've seen it um, and you will have those tough conversations whether people like it or not and it's really nice to hear you recognize something positive about yourself um, Thank you. you're welcome are you are you now grossly uncomfortable Leanne Absolutely not. I've got really good over the last year with my um, feminine. You know, somebody says, oh, you look nice. And I take a breath and go, oh, thank you. That is totally something I've had to learn. And I'm getting very good at it now. Absolutely. You own it. I love it. I love the fact that you're owning it. Good for you. Um, Leanne, I just want to say a huge thank you for joining me, for coming on to um, the podcast, for being one of the amazing women that I wanted to talk to during this week in the run-up to International um, Women's Day. And the conversation has been so much more than I could have possibly hoped for and wished for. Um, So thank you so much for joining us, um, joining us, joining me. Thank you very much for asking me. I think a woman of your magnificent stature it's crazy that you'd like to speak to me but um yeah i am very grateful thank you you're very well it's all five foot four of me please can you clarify to the listeners i am five foot four you are so much more so much more five foot four does you no justice into do you know what leanne i'll pay that 20 quid later that was that, that's <laughs> I, ne- I needed that um as ever thank you for listening to us we will continue to have these conversations with women all through the week in the run-up to international women's day where i will have a finale episode with somebody very 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 significant to me um that will come and air on monday and that will be the end of season two we'll have a little break and then i'll be back of course with season three of the power giant podcast the raw reality as ever you can listen to us on a variety of different channels there's apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify overcast anchor um I don't remember anymore. If there is any more, I don't remember what they are. Um, but that's the only ones I remember. And as ever, if you can, rate and subscribe, but only if you're going to give me five. I say that in jest and a joke, but Leanne laughed with me. She knows I'm actually not joking. <laughs> I love it when you say it. Every time you say it, I think, great tagline. L- literally. I, but the thing is, I say it in a singy voice. So I'm like, ha ha, I'm having a bit of joke, but really I'm being serious. Like you know don't give me anything less than five um but there we go i I think it's safer if i say rate and subscribe only if you're going to give me five um and as ever you can follow us on the power giant podcast on instagram and we are going to be inviting you all to share amazing women in your life in whatever form that they come in and like i always say for the dads the men out there who play like leanne you talked about who play the role of both mom and dad all of you i salute every single one of you for the amazing work that you do i have been talking to the wonderful and the magnificent Leanne. And she's been with me, Insia, on the Power Giant podcast, The Raw Reality. Until next time.